just jumping in really quickly at the start of today's episode to tell you about some upcoming opportunities to see us live in the flesh. And you can see us live at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival 2024. We are doing three live podcasts on Sundays at 3.30 at Basement Comedy Club, April 7, 14 and 21. You can get tickets at dogoonpod.com. Matt, you're also doing some shows around the country. That's right. I'm doing shows with Saren Jaimana, who's been on the show before. We're going to be in Perth in January, Adelaide in February, Melbourne through the festival in April and then Brisbane after that. I'm also doing Who Knew It's in Perth and Adelaide. Uh, details for all that stuff at mattstewartcomedy.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode of Do Go On is brought to you by Do Go On. <laughs> Live at the Giant Dwarf in Sydney on the 24th of August. And as well as being at the Giant Dwarf in Sydney, we're also excited to announce that we're going to be doing a live show in Melbourne, Australia, the town that we're actually from and in right now at Howler in Brunswick on the 13th of October. That's a Saturday afternoon. Uh, details for all this will be in the description for this episode. Come down. Buy tickets. Calm down. <laughs> Calm down. I know you're excited. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hello and welcome to another... <laughs> oh God, the voice is gone already. <clears throat> Dave, can you do one where you rap it? Hello, everybody. My name is Dave. Dave, can you not do that? <laughs> I won't do that. <laughs> Hello and everybody, welcome my name is to Dave. another episode of To Go On. My name is Dave Warnerkin. I'm here with two people that I hold dear. That's a wrap. No, it wasn't. Jess Perkins and Matt Stewart, hello. Hello. Thank you so much, Jess, for making it impossible for me to edit out that mistake (laughs) at the top. But if Matt did edit it out, she asked me to do a rap version of the intro and and Matt said, don't do it, and I kind of half did it. You didn't half do it. You said... I'm here with people I hold dear. That's the opening line of many Slim Shady LPs. LPs. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. See, I'm down. The real Slim Shady? Yes, stand him up. (laughs) And then sit him back down. It's my time to talk. Not you. The real Slim Shady, stand him up. <laughs> stand him up. I said, On a date. stand him up. Said, Don't that'll go. show him. <laughs> yeah, that'll put him back in the corner. What's that mean? Nobody puts Slim in the corner. 
That's what they've that's what they've said in the past. Yep. And uh, continue to do so. <laughs> oh, hello everyone. Hello, Bopper. <laughs> hello, Davy Boy. Hello, Maddie Stew. Are you DJ Maddie Stew? DJ. Ready to podcast? I am ready to podcast. What are you doing over there? We were rapping. What are you doing over there? I'm just chomping at the bit. Champing. Oh. Champing at the bit. That's right, isn't it, Dave? I'm, I'm champing at the bit. Some people say chomp. Some people yeah. say champ. I think you're fine either way. Context-wise, we get it. Well, the champing rules are the shady. The champ the bit. Yeah. Uh, the, the champ is here. And I'm <laughs> I'm keen to get into my report. Um, Dave, do you want to um, give us a little explanation of what the show's all about? It's always on me, and then I get bullied for not doing a good job. Right. Well, I mean, I'm on it. I'm on it. Thank so, you, Jess. Do go on was created in 2015 uh, when Matt Stewart, Dave Warnke and Jess Perkins created a podcast. <laughs> and what they do. I mean, I don't go into this much detail, that, admittedly. Uh, excuse me. And on that podcast, what they do is uh, one of them chooses a topic, does a report on that topic. The other two, well, they don't bloody know what the topic is, do they? Well, that actually it does sound a lot easier to explain. I mean, you said it in a weird burdened voice, but apart from that... <laughs> The words were very simple, Dave. That, I'm sorry. Well, I didn't claim that I did a good job. I just got given the job. And then, as I said, I often get bullied for well, not doing a good it's, job. It's, it's, Jess's, it's Jess's to lose now. Great. Jess is in your job. Love it. Love and, the, it. and the way we get on the topic is by uh, the report giver asking a question. So this week it's my turn to do a report. And Jess and Dave do not know what the report is I on. I just said that. The question today <laughs> is Is that just, trying to steal your job, Jess? Just a quick recap. He's mansplaining. <laughs> Question. Yes, a podcast is audio-based. What? Question this week is, which American sitcom was going to be called Insomnia Cafe during its development? Frasier. No. Friends. Friends. Yes. Yeah. Really? Yeah, because they're always at the cafe. Insomnia Cafe. Insomnia Cafe. I don't like that at all. That's a terrible name for a sitcom. See, I tell you, that's a terrible name, but if we were sitting here and it was called Insomnia Cafe, which sitcom was going to be called Friends? You'd be like, that's the lamest name I've ever heard. Friends is lame. Thinking about that a lot, like it just, yeah, it's one of those things where everything would sound a bit dumb at first. Coca-Cola. Whoa. (laughs) Do go on. No, that always sounded great. Yeah, that's great. (laughs) Three syllables. Uh, This topic was suggested by... Will Barron, and I went back to it. He, he suggested this quite. This was quite a while back in the hat. Is this the original hat? Yeah, in the old original hat. And um, the OG. And then in brackets, <laughs> he said, um, "The TV show, not the concept of friends." <laughs> I remember reading that. Really not the concept really of friendship. Or something. It really made me laugh. But then I've gone back to his Twitter account, and there are zero tweets. He's like, he's wiped it down. He's wow. wiped it down. Wiped it clean. Got like a, a, a pino clean yeah. antiseptic wipe. Like it's some sort of burner account. Yeah, that's right. That's what it feels like. <laughs> it feels like a crime's been committed. Like yeah. he's just been wiped from the internet. Yeah. Did you Google him and it said this man never existed? There hasn't been a wheel barren around these parts for 70 years. <laughs> <laughs> this Twitter account is a goddamn ghost town. <laughs> what am I doing here? I'm just chewing some hay. <laughs> is that the sheriff again? No, this is an entirely yes. different character. <laughs> this is a nuanced character with a th- thick backstory. Yeah. Thick. Thick. Thick and thick butt. <laughs> <laughs> and thick butt. And when I say thick backstory, I'm talking about his butt. <laughs> oh, that's a thick backside. <laughs> uh, do we, well, let's talk about Friends. The concept? Are you- um, the TV show. Ah. Are you guys? Are you a big fan, Matt? I didn't know if you were. Uh, no, not really. <laughs> 
<laughs> Great. Um, love that enthusiasm. Yeah. Several people tweeted in saying, love the Pantera episode. Could feel how passionate Matt was for the topic. Oh, look, I mean, Will I, we get that this week? I like, I love TV comedy. Mm. And I, Friendship. I, I think, I think Friends is a, is a good show. I just, it's not, I just don't love it. I think it was, you know, it's, it feels, it's like a, it's a, like a comfort TV yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Jess, you're, you were a watcher? Yeah. I've, I reckon I've seen all of Friends. I realised uh, writing this report that I I haven't even seen the last episode. I'm like, ah. oh, that's how it ended. Dave, but, are you a fan? Uh, I don't know how it ends, and I r- rarely watched it. But bits and pieces. Yeah, so I know the concept, know all the characters, yeah, and they're yeah. sort of their vague quirks. Yeah, but it's yeah, one I, of those I'm shows. interested to hear how how it came about. And I did so uh, the episode three of uh, my. Great new podcast, Primates, is about an ep- episode of Friends from season one uh, where Ross gets a monkey. Mm-hmm. So I've been thinking about Friends a bit lately. Um, the concept. The concept. And that's why I, I count you two amongst my friends. Get out. Yeah, I do. I we're really not just do. like co-workers. We're, we're amongst. <gasps> you're amongst them. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, when my friends are around, you're amongst my friends. Oh, wow. Oh, no. What has he done? <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> And and during that episode, uh, we were talking. Was with Alistair Trombley Birchall was on with me, and we were talking about maybe how like I, th- I can't remember if we agreed or not, but Friends is maybe like something like the Beatles and Seinfeld is like Rolling Stones and vice versa. They were like the two big ones. Yeah, I do hear, I hear people say I'm not a Friends person. I'm more of a Seinfeld. Yeah, person. yeah you're one, you're a one lot of people other. are one or the other, and I'd say I'm a Seinfeld person. I would. I do love Seinfeld, but I don't. Only love Seinfeld because I don't like Friends. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, think, I think you can totally like both. I'd say yeah. I'm Friends because I never really watched much of Seinfeld. Right. Interesting. Well, Jess, you have just been excommunicated from this podcast. Really? Because it's serious to me. No, that, you're going to do that. You're, you're going to ruin the pod over Seinfeld. Yeah. What's it's a great Seinfeld show. ever done for you though? Maybe laugh. Okay. Have I not done that? Oh, How yes. dare you? Yeah, you have. Thank you. Probably not as much as George Costanza's father. Man, he's one of the funniest characters I've ever seen. <laughs> Gary Stiller. <laughs> he's so funny. Oh, oh God. Serenity. Okay. Serenity now. Serenity now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the good times we've had. Well, we're not talking about that. We're talking about Friends, the sorry, concept sorry, on the show. Friend. But I'm glad. I'm really glad to hear that you're a fan, Jess. Yeah. Um, I'd say I'm probably halfway between you and Dave. Perfect. We got the whole bloody spectrum here. <laughs> Our friends, creative duo. Well, that's a good start. The first sentence doesn't make sense. <laughs> the Friends creative duo was made up of Marta Kaufman mm-hmm. and David Crane. Mm-hmm. So I guess you see those names at the mm, Yeah, the I remember screen. the names. Before you even said them, I, they just came to my mind. Maybe uh, I've seen more than I thought. Who had previously had some success with uh, a sitcom on HBO called Dream On, which I don't recall at all, uh, starring Brian Benben, who plays Martin. Is that a dog? <laughs> No, Is that's not a super dog. Someone's come up with that as a name for Brian a character. Brian Ben Ben, who plays Martin Tupper. Tupper. Uh, a book editor who had watched a lot of TV as a child in the 1950s, and he expresses his thoughts through snippets of old TV dramas in black and white. This uh, ran for six seasons from 1990 to 1996. Wow. That sounds like a pretty crazy concept. Yeah. Uh, they also created an NBC sitcom called The Powers That Be. And uh, I've, I've, I've clipped out a little summary from uh, the Wikipedia page. It's about witches. Oh, good guess, but no wizards. <laughs> are they working at a power plant? No, neither of those. Oh, they are bees. No, ah. they get this. It's a it's a double whammy. 
Here we go. Their last name is Power. Yes. Yes! Oh, wow. And they are bees. And uh, at the centre of the series is US Senator William Powers. So they work in Powers. politics. So they're okay. a parody of the political establishment in Washington, D.C. Margaret, the senator's status-hungry wife, treats Charlotte their maid with comedic disdain. Comedic. <laughs> Caitlin, the senator's daughter, has an eating disorder and is married to Representative Theo- Theodore Van Horn, who is suicidal. Their son, Pierce, is mature beyond his years from having to care for his unbalanced parents. Sophie Lipkin, the senator's illegitimate daughter, is a loud, crass New Jerseyan who surprises the family when she moves to Washington and begins to bond with her father. The senator's staff includes an intelligent and beautiful aide, Jordan Miller, who is also Powell's mistress, and the feckless aide, Bradley Grist. So is this a comedy? It's a comedy. There is so much going There's on. There's so too much going on. How did? What was the elevator pitch for that? I All right. <laughs> The senators, and it's pretty fucked. So there's a suicidal character. Uh, someone's got eating uh, disorder. Eating disorder. There's an illegitimate daughter. There's uh, a mistress. There's so much going on. Anyway, it, there's a bit, like it a lasted class stuff from going on. 92 to 93. That one didn't last so long. I wonder why. Uh, oh, look, I don't know that for sure, but it did, like that paragraph <coughs> makes it sound like my head's about to explode. How do they fit yeah. even all of those people in the same episode? Then again, I think when you... <laughs> yeah, the credits if, ran for 18 minutes. If you try to explain, like, friends yeah. in a paragraph, yeah, but even also six. trying to fit everything in, it sounds yeah, insane. That's true. So oh, spread out. I'm sure of course. it's not episode one. <laughs> that's Here's the illegitimate daughter. He's suicidal. No, this kid's cool. We get to that and then it's first ad break. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just peters out from there. They also created a sitcom called Family Album, which is another one that's, that's not a great sound. Their surname is Album. <laughs> um, <laughs> the surname is Family. They are all records. No, they are. Yes. They're a family <laughs> of records. Uh, so that was in 1993, which centered around the Lerner family who moved from California to Philadelphia to be closer to their family. But according to their poster, they didn't realize how close. <laughs> so, I mean, they've stapled themselves to their parents' backs. <laughs> I kind of, it made, it made me kind of think it was maybe like an Everybody Loves yeah. Raymond kind of idea. Oh. The series was cancelled after six episodes. Oh. <laughs> oh, dear. So when Kaufman and Crane started pitching the idea of Friends, they had some sort of runs on the board. They mm. had, you know, varying degrees of success, but they had some successes. I think they're also both involved in uh, Veronica's Closet or something. I read that very late, but after I'd finished the report. According to Crane, it was just another pilot to them, and after fa- Family Album was cancelled, he remembers that they were scrambling in a panic, wondering if they would ever let us back on the air again. They were nervous that they'd they'd maybe mucked up their last chance. Right. Um, The other sitcoms they had put together were all based around blood-related families to different degrees with a central lead character. So they were keen to try an ensemble comedy. Um, And according to Kaufman, the idea of Friends was close to their hearts because they had lived it. They had friends. They had friends. What? But they never had a family, so that's why the family stuff didn't work. Yeah. They just couldn't relate. Wow. Imagine... Having friends, firstly, uh, just as a concept. They really bring a niche perspective. But then being able to then use that life experience to influence your art. Right, what you know. Wow. Wow. That's why I, everything I write is about loneliness. That's what I know. But it works. It, it works. works. It works every time. Yeah, people love it. There's a senator. <laughs> He's lonely. <gasps> Right and his suicidal daughter's maid is also 
his mistress, and, and also his daughter. <laughs> what? And, and a rabbit <laughs> that talks. Yeah. Huh? Okay. And huh? imaginary. Huh? Huh? Mm? How many million can I get for the pilot? <laughs> of uh, course I've got a talking rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> they pitched the idea to the NBC president at the time, obviously. Weird. I'd wrote at the time, but obviously that is implied. The, implied the future there. NBC president. So they went to the mailroom. They saw someone said, in 10 years, you're going to be big, son. <laughs> so I'm pitching to you. Yeah. <laughs> Let's make it happen. I lost a lot of mail. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be big, kid. <laughs> oh, I've set the mail on fire again. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. What friends? I don't know what they are. <laughs> We're playing a really lonely character. Jess, this could be you. <laughs> You should write a sitcom about mail. <laughs> and that's how King of Queens came about. Because <laughs> the main he's character a is a guy. guy yeah. Oh, a delivery guy, yeah. <laughs> I didn't realise that. I just thought you pulled some random sitcom and you're like, and that's how that happened. That's where Will and Grace started. So. Uh, so the president's name was Warren Littleford and they pitched to him in his office and he loved the pitch. According to Littlefield... <laughs> I'm just, oh, just the, the the pitching the idea of friends. <laughs> we based it on ourselves. I love it. <laughs> well, what he's he was talking about is like the their idea of friends and the characters were so well developed because it sounds like they were in the they were in the uh, market for this kind of idea. They wanted something like this, a youngish ensemble cast comedy show, and. Uh, they'd had a few people pitching similar ideas and then these guys came in and they were like, oh, th- according to him anyway. Mm. I've read a lot of uh, Warren Littleford in um, in um, interviews and stuff and he does sound like, you know, he's painting probably a rose, you know, everything. Totally. Of course. I knew it was going to be huge. Yeah, that sort of stuff. If the show had done terribly and in interviews he would have been like, uh, uh I mean, we took a chance. Yeah, you know, and I was the one fighting against this. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted a hit. There are so, so many flops as well. Yeah, um, I think I read that pilots like a less than a one in three chance. I was surprised it were even that high, but um, <coughs> yeah. So that that was um, interesting. I'm trying to find there was this one quote that I really uh, loved from him. He was talking about afterwards. And he, he was putting together a book with interviews of different people he's worked with in TV. And just sort of the, everything's kind of bigging himself up a little bit. But this one felt really funny to me. Maybe it's not. But this is what he said. I did all the interviews myself. I met LeBlanc at the – Matt LeBlanc, who's in one of the members of Friends, plays Joey Tribbiani. Correct. Okay. So I met LeBlanc at the Mulholland Grill and he insisted he pay for lunch. He looked at me and said – do you have any idea how much you changed my life? There is no way you're picking up this check. And I finally <laughs> let him pay for it. It's just like a lot of yeah, those. I finally let him pay. I was going to pay. He's just then a, I said, got the best of everything. Yeah. I'm not a t- I'm not just saying, yeah, you definitely pay. I want to pay. But he's telling me that I'm the best. And eventually I agreed and high-fived him. <laughs> it's just, yeah, a, a bunch of that sort of stuff. But anyway. So I ordered one of each dessert. <laughs> <laughs> Suck that, LeBlanc. <laughs> That would have been fun if he, like, he never, yeah, he never sounded fun. like he ever had any that kind of level of fun to him. Anyway, sorry about that. Warren, if you're listening, you sound like a great guy. So their one-line pitch was, it's that special time in your life when your friends are your family. Mm. Which I, I liked. I never really thought about that. But that is, that is 
that makes sense after you know you move out of home before you start your own family that period you know what we would maybe call the now time um in your life jess fuck <laughs> I'm the golden to... years oh is it <laughs> does it... Is it it doesn't get better jess what i was i mean i know you're joking i was genuinely banking on it getting better <laughs> Your friends are your family now. Oh fuck! I gotta get some friends. Yeah, you gotta get some family. I gotta spend time with my friends. According to an article on AV Hub, Friends changed the sitcom landscape by breaking from many typical formats. The show did not revolve around a family, home, or workplace, but a makeshift clan. The six twenty-something stars were so young that the network execs initially suggested an older mentor type to give the show's opinions more weight. It's safe to say that before Friends, the youth sitcom was far from as prevalent as it is today. Mm. But then they make the point in the same article that uh, Living Single, a comedy uh, sitcom about six African-American friends living in Brooklyn, preceded Friends by a year. A sitcom based in New York City (laughs) about about six Six friends friends. in their 20s. Right. But Friends really broke the mould. <laughs> yeah, I know. That same article going on about how it broke the And then they go, obviously there was this other show. So I, n- I hadn't heard of this. I, I can't remember it being played in Australia. Obviously we they have way more channels and shows than we can fit over here, even though Especially we back then, p- play a lot of uh, American TV here. Um, but uh, so I, I've looked it up mm. and, you know, that description, like that does sound like a ripoff of Friends. Um, and it was star, one of the stars, Queen Latifah. No. Yeah. Um, and and she was on a chat show hosted by Andy Cohen, and it was one of those chat shows where there's multiple guests. She was also on there with Jason Sudeikis. Sudeikis? Mm, Sudeikis? I love Jason Sudeikis. 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 No. <laughs> um, so um, she was on this show, and the host, Andy Cohen, asked her if there would ever be a living single reboot. And then uh, Jason Sudeikis chipped in. He goes, I thought Friends was the reboot. Oh, very good. <laughs> nice. That's obviously, it's relatively well known over there that that's, that's what happened. Um, mm. Queen Latifah agreed that Friends was a ripoff, basically saying, we knew we had already been doing that. It was a guy named Warren Littlefield, who we've just been talking about, that used to run NBC. Field or Ford? Field. Okay. It's written Field. Yeah. You we- can pronounce it Ford if you like. No, that's how you've said it twice now. <laughs> good. Littleford. That's how I. That's how I think of him. Okay, um, fair. It's a little joke that me and Wazza have. Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to. Get between it must be a couple nice. of friends. Yeah, it must be nice to have friends where you have. <laughs> yeah, you have these little in jokes. Little in jokes, but don't worry about it. Let's call him Wazza. Really, really is the golden years of your life. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> we'll uh, look back on these days fondly. Oh. Uh, and they asked him. Uh, they okay. I'm coming back <laughs> into the middle of this Queen Latifah quote. So it was a guy named Warren Littleford that used to run NBC and they asked him when all the new shows came out if there was any show he could have, which would it be? He said Living Single and then he created Friends. Apparently that's, that was on a re- on record according to Queen Latifah that he was he, he loved it. He loved it. He wanted it. So he just sort of made a version of it. Well, how, I wonder how long it ran for. Yeah. Do you know? Uh, quite you know. a few years. And it is, they're talking about it um, being rebooted genuinely. So they would have overlapped and yeah. been running at the same time. Yeah, yeah, they were running at the same time. And is how it the strange. reason that Queen Latifah, is that maybe her big break, that show? Uh, yes. <laughs> Let's say no. Okay. 
bit of both. I'm just wondering, in America, is she, is she known for that show? But we just never she, got Yeah, it. she is known for that, but she's known for a lot of stuff. Of I course. She's a, she's a multi-threat. Um, she's Queen Latifah. Yeah. Yeah. She then clarified that she thought Friends was so good, uh, so it's not like we hated on it or anything. It was just like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> they rip. I mean, she doesn't say, you know, they stole our idea. Yeah. I uh, did not know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. That's pretty fascinating because mm. people do talk about it like Friends changed everything. The other show um, that uh, is talked about as being um, like a proto-Friends that was also overlapped with it uh, was Seinfeld. Jerry Seinfeld, uh, comedian and co-founder, co-creator and star of Seinfeld, has accused Friends of ripping him off too. In one interview in 2003, Seinfeld was asked if he thought his show would have been given time to succeed if it was to premiere... Uh, today instead of in 1990 because it, it actually had a few years where it it built before it got huge Seinfeld. Um, and Seinfeld responded by asking, has Friends been on too in this, you know, this mm. scenario? And the interviewer, Bob Costas, replies, yeah, Friends has been on. And Seinfeld says, really? So they managed to steal it without seeing it, which is a pretty good line. Wow. <laughs> how can a man that successful be bitter? <laughs> how? Also, how many... Like how many friends are there in Seinfeld? Yeah, it's a different number. It's a different number, Jerry. Living singles, six to six. Yeah, that's quite clear. Seinfeld's got three guys, sure. Maybe they stole the three guy element. Mm. And let's remember, you can't like Seinfeld and friends apparently. You can't like How can they be the same thing? (laughs) They're two different things, Jerry. He's caught later on, he called it... um, he called friends Seinfeld with good-looking people. Oh. Bit of a backhander to bloody Jason new. Alexander, huh? Yeah, Jason Alexander's like, well, fuck you, Jerry. Julia Louis-Dreyfus? Yeah. Babe. Babe. No doubt about that. Look at her now. She's like a fine wine. She's and gotten she, better with age. How has she gotten better? It's amazing. It's amazing. She was the, and she's the one who broke the, the Seinfeld curse, which said that none of them would ever... Like all that, they all release sitcoms afterwards that failed pretty quickly, and she she's had a few successes since then. I like when someone asked Larry David about the Seinfeld curse, and he was like, "It's ridiculous. It's just very hard to have a successful sitcom." Mm. Right, of course. Right, okay. Whether or not anyone else has the same yeah. chance. Right? Yeah, it's not. It's not a curse. That's fair. Anyway, back to Friends. Um, Many I, of them. I was starting. To, was I starting to sound like I was passionate about the topic? <laughs> <laughs> but back to Friends. Have any of them broken the Friends curse? No. Uh, I mean, they've all had different levels of success after. But we should get to the success before we talk about post-success. Um, while they were developing the Friends pilot, Crane and Kaufman also had another pilot on the go during the same pilot season. The other one was tentatively titled Enemies. <laughs> Uh, reality check. Similar. Similar. Which is the enemies are always a reality check. Mm. What kind of check? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, it was C-H-E-Q-U-E. Or C-Z-E-C-H. Reality Czech Republic. That's it. It was about a high school student from the Czech Republic named Jamie. Oh, I love it. Um, who frequently lapses into elaborate fantasies. Apparently Fox made uh, them do a gazillion rewrites, gazillion is a quote there, and they kept wanting the show to be more risque. Fox were like, more risque, whereas they were finding with Friends it was quite a smooth ride. If anything, they were saying a little bit safer. But Fox were like, can we make this more risque? It's, 
this show about a high school kid with fantasies. Oh, okay. Well, what do they want? Well, apparently Crane later said that uh, they kept wanting Jamie to be older, the main character, Jamie mm. to be older. They wanted him to be driving and already having sex. Sounds like a different show. <laughs> Okay. Older. They wanted him to be 35. Can we still set it in a school? Of course. <laughs> We're aiming at this at kids. He's 35 and he can drive. <laughs> oh. Double threat. <laughs> and he's a millionaire. Oh. And he, and he robs, had, robs banks. This is before. dangerous. Yeah, he's cool. I, I tried to find a Sydney Scheinberg link to the all of these, but I couldn't. He didn't it feels any... like his fingerprints are on it. Yeah, somewhere. it does sound like, make him older. Make him crazy. I like it. Give him a chimp. <laughs> Give the chimp a gun. Where's my corn chips? I asked for corn chips. Why is he always asking for just plain unsalted corn chips? I've already got salsa, you fool. Oh, I was going to say nothing to do with <laughs> but he's got salsa. That's good. Uh, in Crane's words, reality check was terrible. <laughs> that's uh, Crane's words. And that's, in, yeah, it's his show, but it was it was changed so much by the network that he's like it was no good but he said uh on the other hand the process developing friends just seemed to flow every step of the way and was easy to write crane and kaufman were worried uh that the dud show would be picked up and said <laughs> you don't pick this one it's yes. but of course history shows that their fears were well founded as friends was picked up now nah, good on a little <laughs> and reality check i <laughs> <laughs> took me a sec to get it uh, the show was to be based around the lives of six people, oh. which we've already discussed, who were who were friendly with each other. Okay, oh. and I'll talk about uh, more about these um, friends soon. Friendly, but not too friendly. Yeah, they uh, were acquaintances. Yeah. But first, they needed a place for these titular friends to hang out. Hmm. They knew they couldn't use a bar or pub because of Cheers. Cheers had been a massively successful sitcom that ran from eighty two to ninety three. Of course, they copyrighted. The concept of a bar. Of a bar. No one could ever enter a bar on TV. That, they, they generally said that Cheers ruled out a bar as an idea. It's just was too, it was too synonymous with Cheers at that stage, and it just wrapped up Cheers. So it would would have seemed like, uh, you know, they they just wanted to avoid that. They also wanted to avoid um, doing it in a in a sort of a diner like um, Tom's Diner in in Seinfeld. Monk's Diner. Monk's Diner. The real diner's called Tom's. Diner. Right. Um, I think, or have I got that wrong? Anyway, um, so their options were already narrowed down a bit, which maybe worked as a bit of a, an advantage. So then one day during development, Kaufman and Crane walked past the cafe and they thought, and this is a direct quote from Kaufman, oh, that would be a cool place to put these people. <laughs> a cafe. Yeah. Previously, when they were listing a bar, a diner, they they didn't make the link <laughs> so to, to a cafe. Not until they saw one in the flesh. Wow. <laughs> and I don't have friends, but I would think of a cafe. Well. But, hey, that's me, Melbourne, yeah, I think, you know? I think cafe before diner. <laughs> cafe culture here. But I'm they, a coffee snob. They also, they did, uh, I did read amongst it that um, at that stage, cafes weren't a place you went and hung out at. It was like the um, Littlefield called it a bit of a head scratcher. The idea of setting it. Have them. Who's Littlefield? Is he the same as Littleford? <laughs> yes. Have we not? <laughs> you did flip back to Littleford earlier. <laughs> Damn it. What so, if I've written it down so that way? Littlefield, he thought it was, he was like, love the concept. They're like, it's at a cafe. What? What is that? <laughs> Scratch my head. Yeah. What do you mean? Well, he, he, that's a quote from him. He called it a bit of a head scratcher. <laughs> <laughs> 
Great. Cool. Tell me more. I'm I don't know. Good act out. Thank you. He's literally scratched his head. Oh yeah, I can hear it. Well, I had a bit of an itch there. Oh, now they're <laughs> popping up everywhere. Oh, no, he's going thought crazy. Of it. Oh, don't. You'll make me itchy. Um, uh, but he also said that they were completely ahead of the curve in what a coffee shop meant in a young adult person's life. They knew that they were this generation's new living room. Crane and Kaufman downplayed that, though. They just were like, no, we just thought it was a cool place to put them and we walked past one. Yeah. We needed a spot. We weren't. No, it was a social commentary. Yeah. And also, They're like, we weren't capturing, we didn't mean to capture the zeitgeist or whatever. Nah, take it. Take the credit. And they don't want it to be like Seinfeld, which is a diner, which is ex- a cafe diner. Yeah, it's, it's so exactly similar. the same thing. And they talk openly on the show about we're four people that never eat a meal at home. Yeah. So it is basically their living room. Yeah. But they're like, this is cutting edge. Yeah, I know. It's, it's interesting. But that, I mean, this is all through uh, Wazza, Littleford, Littlefold. Little Fold. Um, <laughs> So the title, I was saying before um, that it was potentially uh, going to be called Insomnia Cafe. Hate it. You know that cafe they walked past, what mm. its name was? Insomnia, cafe. Insomnia Cafe. Friends. Right. Oh. So they, I mean, they were. <laughs> it was called Friends. Sorry. <laughs> Insomnia Cafe, which is, a, to be honest, a pretty rubbish name for a cafe. Um, are they open 24-7? I guess it was, is, it, is that just about caffeine keeping you up? Well, it's stupid regardless. It's like talking about one of the side effects of your biggest selling product. Yeah, that's dumb. Not a good thing. It's sort of like calling a bar, regret bar, (laughs) hangover bar, lots of money gone, you sad, (laughs) pub. like Casino. (laughs) (laughs) We rich, you not so rich, casino. (laughs) You think you're rich, but we will soon change that, (laughs) casino. It wasn't the only suggested name uh, they had. Others what else they got? included. Uh, at one point, it was called Six of One. No. Six of One? Yeah. Half Six a dozen of, one. of the other. I don't like it. Was that another option? Half a dozen of the other? Yeah. Mm. Right. I don't know that, that same. Yeah, that six of about... One, half a dozen. It basically says same, 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 same difference. Yeah. Across the Hall, I think, was one of Littleford's. Don't hate field. that, but no. And Friends Like Us, which I guess was shortened to Friends. Yes. Um. Yeah, six one. Yeah, I, I, I'm happy with friends, but at, at at the time, someone who was involved in the thing were like, "That sounds like a yawn or something." <laughs> what a yawn, <laughs> friends. Yeah, it is like if you yawn. Can you like if you like name a few other shows that are famous with a similar kind of name, just a real basic description? Mash. So that'd be called Army Doctor, <laughs> Army Doctors. Yes, right. Or even less than that. It'd probably be called Friends. Cheers. And you could call it Booze Alcoholics. Yeah. <laughs> Sad people. Wings. Uh, wings. Plain men. Jag, Navy uh. lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Welcome to Navy lawyer. <laughs> NCIS. You could call it NCIS. Nickers. <laughs> I don't know why I enjoyed that. It's ridiculous. Uh so, so I think it was someone at the network who wanted to shorten friends like Nickers. us to friends. I bet Littleford took credit for it. Um, I, yeah, I, I was think... at a cafe trying to buy everyone a meal because think... I'm a great guy. <laughs> they all insisted. Yeah. I walked out with eighteen muffins. Yeah. Wow. What am I going to do with eighteen muffins? <laughs> I okay. threw them out. <laughs> threw them out into a homeless man's open arms because I'm a great guy. Yeah. And then I thought, friends like us, you know what? I'm just a friendly kind of guy. Friends. And then, and then one day that homeless guy became a billionaire and he bought me a helicopter. <laughs> I couldn't say no. <laughs> it would have been rude. 
which I'm not. <laughs> Sounds like a great guy. If you guys, if one of you ever offered me a helicopter, I'm going to play this back and be like, well, I can't say no. <laughs> It'd be rude. <laughs> Just putting that out there now. So when, uh, look, it's on the record. I will edit that out just in case. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Um, the so so someone someone suggested friends from the network, um, and apparently they told them that that's what they wanted to call it at the friends same time. Friends from the network. Just friends. Sorry, <laughs> someone from the network wanted it said we want to call it friends, and they also said it on the same day, and we want to offer you uh, the Thursday night slot between Seinfeld and Mad About You. Right, okay, so they are Which is a dream about, spot. Or about the Seinfeld influence, yeah, yeah. And apparently executive producer Kevin Bright replied, if you put us on Thursday nights, you can call us Kevorkian for all I care. Oh, <laughs> oh very good. <laughs> See, that's that's the kind of line that gets remembered 20 years later in an interview. They go, that is a, that would have been tossing that around for a bit. Oh, very quaint. <laughs> Kevorkian. I had a lot of sugar before. Can you tell? Yes. I could tell. And Dave had a beer. Yeah. That's why it's party time in here. <laughs> um, you're both crashing, guys. Could you pick it up a bit, Sorry, please? <laughs> give me, give pep me a beer. up, please, please. All right. <laughs> a you're doing a lot of the heavy lifting here, Matthew. Um, okay. Now let's talk about these titular friends characters. Okay. Um, we're 30 minutes in. Quote, unquote, friends. And we're just getting to the characters. That's... I love it. Detailed. And also how they were cast. Mm. Um, Auditions. Yes. No. Uh, well, I can skip right beyond that part. Catwalk, mall search. Wow. They were like, that guy looks like a Ross. <laughs> He's such a Ross, they said. Which are you, um, Dave? I don't know. Is that up to me? Wow, great question. I don't know. Very self-aware, Dave. Very good. And who's that? Is that Chandler? I don't know. I think Jess is Chandler. Jess is Chandler. You're probably. I don't. So can you explain what you mean when you say Chandler? I for think myself, Dave is Ross. Like, yeah, Dave's Ross. Is that so? He's a bit of a mess. And I'm no. Phoebe. I reckon. What do you, do you reckon? reckon about that? Yeah. I have no idea. Okay, you don't know. So what's no. the Ross tweet trait? in? <laughs> I would say I'm a combination of Chandler and Rachel. Rachel gets funnier. Like she starts off a bit. They sort of make her a bit what of a ditz. What are you saying? I'm, I'm confused. What are you saying there? You're she's you're getting funnier. You're getting funnier. That means no. Or that she gets I'm funnier, saying, which makes her more like you. Thank you. Yes, I'm saying at Rachel's peak funny. That's when she's sort of getting towards. She's getting close, you. but yep. nowhere near. Obviously, okay. that makes sense to me. Mm. She's also a fashionista. She works in fashion, like me. Yeah. Whereas Dave's just a boring, sad sack called Ross. All right. <laughs> so Ross Geller, paleontologist. paleontologist. Oh, look, dinosaurs. That's cool. Shut That's up, a cool Ross. Job. <laughs> yeah, you would think that Ross. So yeah, yeah. He's, he's. I'm Ross. Why would I choose his career <laughs> if I didn't think it was good? <laughs> that is something that, that came up a lot in Friends, apparently, and, and cop, has copped a bit of criticism in more recent times, is that they were very kind of anti-intellectual. Any like super smart character was normally viewed pretty unfavorably on it, especially Ross and his friends. It's like, shut up, egghead, was kind of like yeah. a, a lot of jokes were different versions of that. I would argue it hasn't really aged all that well. No, I don't think it has. Seinfeld's still great, guys. Uh, so here are the characters. Ross Geller. Uh, the part of Ross, the paleontologist uh, we're talking about, the Dave character, they had David Schwimmer in mind as Kauf, uh, as Kaufman and Crane were fans of his, but Schwimmer 
at the time was keen to get back into theatre work. Apparently his agent convinced him to read for the part, though, and although others also read for the part, Schwimmer was the first actor cast for the show. Oh, nice. Schwimmer locked in. Say Schwimmer again. Schwimmer. Thank you. Uh, Monica Geller. His sister. Yes, that's true. The casting of Mon- <laughs> it wasn't a coincidence. Imagine they, they'd written a, a, a cast of six and two of them had the same surname by coincidence. <laughs> they could make up literally any names. <laughs> They're like, no, like, are sometimes- these two related? Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, we better make a couple of quick edits. Uh, Why are so- they kissing in the first scene? <laughs> oh, it's the new culture. Kids these days. <laughs> yes, it's Gen X. This is what Gen Xers do. <laughs> So the casting of Monica, who was a chef with a competitive personality, was much tighter. Apparently it was a real line ball call between Nancy McEwen and Courtney Cox. Apparently they wanted Cox for another character, Rachel, at one point. No. But Cox found the Monica character to be more interesting. In the end, the decision was left up to Kaufman, Crane, and also the EP, Bright, and they went with Cox. It was probably the most famous of the cast when the show started. No, none of them were huge names at all, but she had some sort of profile. Um, uh, she was had a recognisable face as she was in Bruce Springsteen's Dancing in the Dark film clip where oh. he pulled her up on stage and they danced together. Uh, in the dark? Uh, yeah, you know, in a dim, dimly lit arena. Uh, Rename the song, Bruce. <laughs> Dancing in the dimly lit arena. <laughs> I love it. Uh, That's she, my autobiography. She also had a stint as Michael J. Fox's girlfriend on Family Ties. Oh, that's right. Uh, she was in an episode of Seinfeld where she, I think she pretended to be Jerry's wife to get, what was it, a discount on something or something? <laughs> Classic Seinfeld sort of story. <laughs> and she was also uh, in Jim Carrey's Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Oh, as I think when you started made... with the, she appeared in a music clip. I thought it was going to end there. I was like, yeah. the others really had zero profile. If that was the, the best bit, yeah. but she had done a bit. She, she had a bit. done a bit, yeah. And I mean, everyone had done a bit, but hers were the high, probably the highest profile things. Mm. And that dancing in the dark film clip is genuinely a, like a very well known classic. Dancing film clip. in a dimly lit. People, it's got its own dance. You know that one where you you sort of do the swing and arm click. God, you're cool. <laughs> Joey Tribbiani, Joey, a sleazy, sleazy, a sleazy, dim-witted, aspiring actor who was played by Matt LeBlanc. And according to Littlefield, when Matt LeBlanc came into audition, he was just Joey. He <laughs> owned it. It was undeniable in the room. He was delightful. There was no nail biting on that one. Okay, that was was an easy, easy casting. Then we had Chandler Bing, the half Jess. Chandler <laughs> was the goofy, goofy. Wisecracking business executive. And when it came to casting him, the team thought it couldn't be any easier. <laughs> I enjoyed that too much. No, just enough. Uh, but it turned out to be more complicated than they first thought. Uh, they saw John Favreau and John Cryer mm. uh, for the part. Uh, and they were also uh, interested in a guy called Craig Bjerko, Matthew Perry, oh, actually. Oh, Bjerko. Bjerko. So Jess seemed really interested by the other people, so I thought I'd try and... Uh, Throw Bjerko a bone. Yeah. Try and give him something. <laughs> no, um, no one cares about Bjerko. Don't but try to be as cool as me. Perry had already... And Matthew Perry, who ended up being the part. Um, Spoiler alert. Uh, Matthew Perry apparently coached Craig Bjerko, and uh, that's probably not... Sabotaged him. Coached him what, in like Little League no, Soccer? What are we no, they about? coached him. He said, this is, this is how I'd play it, and, and he... And because of that, they really liked Bjorka, but they found that out later. Um, so he was helping him. That's really strange. 
I'm going for this feel, part. I'm going to teach you how I'm doing it. But I think in, in part it was for this reason. I'm guessing they were friends on one hand. But um, in the end they wanted Perry. But unfortunately for them, he was signed on to a competing pilot, right? So I guess maybe that's why he did because he thought he was attached to this other thing. That pilot was called, you know about this? I hadn't heard about this. Enemies. Uh, LAX2194. Oh, I can't. Which was about baggage handlers who sorted <laughs> aliens' luggage at Los Angeles International Airport in the year 2194. Oh, get fucked. That... Is greenlit from me. <laughs> That's a yes from me. Give that 10 seasons. That is a hard no. Did that ever make it? I've seen a clip from it. No, I didn't get past the pilot, um, luckily for Chandler. You could argue. Maybe not. But it. Uh, but he was one of the main lead characters. He would have been, yeah. He would have been right. In, he would have been in that and he was locked in for that. Uh, then there was Phoebe Buffet. Uh, Kathy Griffin and Jane Lynch both went for the part of Phoebe. Ooh. The ditzy hippie masseuse. And they actually met. Um, each other at the audition and became real life friends. Oh, that's the cute. Aud- the three uh, of them at the audition. No, just Kathy right. and Jane. All oh, right. Um, but the team were keen for Lisa Kudrow to play the part, but she was already mm-hmm. occasionally playing the character of Ursula, a waitress on Mad About You. And according to Littlefield, uh, star and EP of Mad About You, Paul Reiser was exceptional about letting her move to friends. He loved that she was. Uh, she he loved what she was doing on Mad About You. But it wasn't a series regular character. And then they brilliantly came up with the notion that Phoebe and Ursula were sisters and she could pop up again on Mad About You. Brilliant. Perfect. Isn't that brilliant? That is. He da- like brilliant. he'll throw out praise. They figured out that they could just be sisters. That is brilliant. 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 This opens up a fun little shared universe thing between friends. So and I didn't know about this, yeah. Also, more surprisingly, potentially, it's a shared universe between friends, Mad About You, and Seinfeld, which might be surprising seeing as Seinfeld has called uh, friends a ripoff of Seinfeld, um, how he would let that happen. But it sort of happened in a bit of a, a backdoor way via Mad About You. This is what happened. So Mad About You ran from 92 to 99, friends from 94 to 2004, and Seinfeld from 89 to 98. So they're all on air at the same time in 94 to 98. Ursula, who works at, as a waitress on Mad About You, becomes the sister of Phoebe from Friends. Mm-hmm. So that links those two shows. Also, one time, Helen Hunt, who starred as Jamie alongside Paul Reiser on Mad About You, was once on Friends in character as Jamie, and at the coffee shop, she confused Phoebe for Ursula. Oh. She's, you know, like, oh, what are you doing a at crossover this? Crossover rep. Yeah, yeah. Just a, just a little... Little nod there. Love it. Then on an episode of Mad About You, Kramer, a character played by oh Michael my, Richards I can't on Seinfeld. Handle these crossovers. Either I can't remember exactly what happened, but he either took over Paul Reiser's old apartment or he was Paul Reiser's tenant or something. And then and Paul in that scene even references the comedian from across the hall named Jerry. Right. Wow. So this links friends to Mad About You and Mad About You to Seinfeld, meaning that they all share a universe. One thing that mucks this up, though, a bit, is that in an episode of Seinfeld, George, who's played by Jason Alexander, and Susan, played by Heidi Swedberg, watch an episode of Mad About You in bed. So how can they be in the same universe if one of them is still a TV show in that universe? And also Courtney Cox was Jerry's girlfriend. But, I mean, that's an actor thing. I think that's you can explain that away. Sure. But having, I tend not to overthink things like this. <laughs> but them actually watching a TV show. Mm. I mean, you said you didn't over, overthink it, but you were the one who brought that up. So You asked a really complicated question. Interesting. Wow. Okay. Matt, 
I'm sorry about him. No, that's fine. I don't think you'd turn on me <laughs> like that for that. And I apologize. Dave, you never know when we're going to turn. I know. Sass twins. <laughs> I know. Sometimes you just freak out. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, I really don't care for shared universes. <laughs> Couldn't give a fuck. I did my, um, when I was on um, the Weekly Planet on the Planet Broadcasting Network, I, I went on to talk about shared universes and I talked about this shared universe. It's one of my, it's one of my real passions. Wow, you're a real expert then. Borderline. Wow. I don't want to, I don't want to, um, Warren, what's his name myself? Little well, Who Fear. knows what his name is? <laughs> little Proud. A little proud. I'm feeling a little Warren Little Proud. Uh, Rachel Green's another one of the characters. Tell us I'm Green. Yeah. Every, every other name's like, you know, like pop culture wise, rung a bell. I didn't know her last name was Green. I just guess she's just Rachel. Yeah. She's like Cher. Yes. <laughs> but for, but for the Rachels. My, I think or, she, is that my go-to example? I think Cher, Cher may yeah. now be referenced more in the show than The Simpsons. Wow. But it's you. normally that one reference. Thank you. Like Cher. Mm. Thank mm. you. Mm. No, thank you. Yes, you're thank welcome. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> oh, uh, very Rachel, good. Do you reckon anyone's ever noticed that before, that share sounds a bit like share? Oh, I don't know that they have. Yeah, well, that feels clever. <laughs> How very droll. <laughs> uh, so of Jennifer Aniston, Littlefield has said, we loved her and wanted her. The problem was she was tied to another series, so we took her in second position. When it was time to go, what does on- that mean? <laughs> so, um, I think it's I- you know you start missionary <laughs> change. So you're gonna second position. Second position. Oh, I'll let you say you get that. a bit. <laughs> Not me. I didn't say it. <laughs> just implied. Uh, when it was time to go into production and start shooting episodes, she was still under an option at CBS. What does that mean? <laughs> Sorry. And no one. Had- <laughs> Had been successful about getting her released. <laughs> From the, Dave, Dave you've, you've, you're having to work pretty hard for some of these now. Yeah. If you're finding innuendo in that. <laughs> uh, I was told that we had to replace her. This is a little good. <laughs> <laughs> there was too much risk, but I said, no, we're not going to do that. I have a boner. <laughs> So yeah, no, I can see that that last one. I can see. Yeah, I, I won't do see that. that last one. I do anything for love. Um, <laughs> I have a boner. So they asked Littlefield. They said, "Will you personally guarantee that if she doesn't get released, that you'll finance the reshooting of these episodes?" So they're shooting these episodes, and it would it would cost them a lot of money to reshoot them if they had to swap her out. Whoa, that would cost heaps. And he, he said, he was like, well, no, but we'll figure something out. <laughs> um, we were, that was enough? He said, we were incredibly vulnerable and business affairs thought we were nuts. Every time we shot another episode with Jennifer, we put millions of dollars at risk. <laughs> but it all worked out. Sounds like, yeah. So just not just the pilot, but like they were starting to film season one. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> they didn't legally have her. Wait, hang on. What is it? What did I say there? <laughs> yeah, another episode. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, he said we also took Matthew Perry in second position to a futuristic <laughs> hour series at LAX, <laughs> but we didn't think that was much of a threat. <laughs> oh, <laughs> brutal, but also accurate. Matt, we watched the pilot and read the summary, <laughs> and it's not going to happen. Hey, I don't think. Perry's been super nice about that show either. It sounds stupid. I saw a little clip out of it and I'm like, oh, yeah, I kind of get. 
Why? Well, it's it. so stupid. What's the tall guy from Drew Carey show and from um that Ryan yeah. Styles from whose line? It's him, and he's like playing a like a robot. Oh, he's part so robot. Oh. Sort of guy with a weird voice. You won me over. I'm back in. Oh, yeah, no, that's what Ten. I was watching. I'm like, this could be something, but Ten seasons, I told you. A bit of a the clips I saw were a bit corny, but could have it could have it could have grown into something maybe. If either of those projects or both of them went forwards and it friends could have been like in a lot of trouble. Hmm. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Uh, before the show aired, the co-creator of Cheers, a man named James Burrows, had a good feeling about the show. So he brought the six stars to Vegas to party, telling them to enjoy themselves as, quote, this is your last shot at anonymity. Once the show comes on the air, you guys will never be able to go anywhere without being hounded. Have fun. <laughs> You'd be like, that is oh, okay. Ama- an amazing prediction. Yeah. And this guy, he's like a TV legend. He's he's uh, directed over a thousand episodes of TV sitcoms. And did he have a, a what, so what was his position with Friends? Uh, he did. He went on to direct some episodes. So maybe that's how he was connected there. But some, he'd, he'd obviously seen some of it. Maybe he directed some first season episodes. And he was like. But it had all been shot, but he hadn't uh, hadn't aired. And he's like, this is, he just knew it was going to be big. On September the 22nd, 1994 at 8.30 p.m., Friends premiered between Mad About You at 8 and Seinfeld at 9. In testing, the pilot rated as a high week. I don't know what that scale is, but I'm like. I think that's me in general. Yeah, you're a high week. Yeah, I'm on the cusp of average. <laughs> yeah. I mean, is a low week better or worse than a high week? I I, I read like it as a high, high week's better than a low week. You're you're better at being weak. I think it's a you no. go. Yeah, low, low week, week, high week, medium week, high week, low good, medium, medium good, good, high good. good. So it's pretty low. Still. I think it's pretty low, but yeah. according to Littlefield, that's okay. Things don't always test great, but we were hopeful. So why do you test? Yeah, that's if you just ignore it. it. Yeah, that have, is confusing. Have you ever seen a pilot of a show and gone, "Oh, this is great"? Yeah, like pilots are always a bit shit. They've got to get through all the exposition yeah. and all that sort of stuff. You got to give everything three episodes, uh, which is unfortunate because in pilot season they, yeah, they don't really do that. But I guess that then some of them get get picked up, and it's, it must be such a frustrating thing. It takes like the chance of getting to a pilot's a huge effort. Mm. To get beyond that is huge. And then to get to the end of a first season and into multiple seasons, it just so few would make it. It's like mm. turtles' eggs at a beach. 
know? Yeah, the chances of actually making it to be another turtle that drops off another, other eggs. It really makes you think. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I just like to have a deep thought. <laughs> About second position. Yeah. <laughs> that turtle's in second position. <laughs> Uh, he said it was not an instant hit, but there was this slow, wonderful build. I looked up the ratings, and the first episode had 20 million viewers. <laughs> Isn't it a hit? Apparently, I think that's a, that's a good... That's not seen as a, a blinder hit, but that is a really good... At the time, that would have been Australia's whole population. Yeah, that's a high week. Would you guys be happy if an episode of our podcast got 20 million listens? Uh, what are we dropping down? <laughs> yeah, just that would mean... Less than everyone in the country's heard it. Yeah. We're required listening. Yeah, you're right. That was a Through stupid question and... on my on my part. You never know what will turn on you. <laughs> so 20 million and they're like, oh, yeah. But it was, I, I think that's still, a, that's still very good. But according to him, so build. The ratings did build. But I suppose you you were right when you said it's a great slot. Mad about you and Seinfeld yeah, are true. like peak. Yeah. They're killing it. So People are like, uh, I'm going to watch those two. Should I... I'll give the first one. I'm going to bother go. finding the remote. Yeah. And often the the first one's higher, isn't it? And then people drop off. Yes. Then yeah. they find the actual audience. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, but they the ratings built in this case. Ooh. And even by the end of the first season, they were regularly cracking 30 million, <laughs> which is seen as being like. Bonus. <laughs> cracking 30 million bonus. Every and that's week. just that's just the men watching. <laughs> yeah. By the second season, they moved it to the 8 p.m. time slot. And they never looked back. It was the Thursday night anchor for the rest of its run. But were the quote-unquote friends actually friends in real life? Oh, wow. Drama! I'm really hoping for some sweet drama. I live for it. Uh, According to Rolling Stone's (laughs) 1995 cover story about the show, the actors all got together to watch every show on Thursday nights. That's lame. Uh, Like real friends. Really? Yeah. And the three male leads travelled to Europe together after the first season wrapped. Also down the line, Jennifer Aniston became Cox's daughter's grandmother. Grandmother. <laughs> what? Well, I'm losing my mind. I I don't even realise I'm mispronouncing these words. Grandmother. <laughs> Can I say grandmother? Wow. That doesn't sound favourable. Ve- it's very Hollywood. Yeah, yeah for sure. You've got we- a godmother, then a grandmother. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. What, oh, it, yeah. what what role does the grandmother play? Oh, if you don't know. Oh, it's embarrassing to it's rude to ask. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it really is. Oh, I do apologize. Can I please shotgun grandmother to all of your future children, both of you? Yes, you can. If you give them helicopters. Obviously. What kind of grandmother would I be if I wasn't giving them my grod children? I know it's rude to talk about, but that is obviously rule number one of being a grandmother. Choppers. Chopper. Choppers for all. Get him to the chopper, number one. <laughs> for the christening, get him to the chopper. Yeah, that was, yeah, that's something people don't know. Arnold Schwarzenegger was whoever that person was. Grod, grandmother. Yeah. Is that even a real quote? <laughs> Get yeah. into the chopper. The show is sometimes called the sitcom for Generation X. According to the AV Club article I was talking about before, Gen Xers did not buy into the job for life corporations their parents did, understanding the jobs came and went, as did authority figures. On the show, symbolized... The man. <laughs> and symbolized by a slew of unhelpful parents. But friends would always be there. Yeah, all their parents are pretty shit. Yeah. If I remember incorrectly. 
Yes, I am, as always. <laughs> In this cultural landscape, the Friends theme song, partially penned by the series creators, made perfect sense. Well, no one told you life was going to be this way. Your job's a joke. You're broke. Your love life's DOA. A far cry from turning the world on with a smile or celebrating the happy days that are yours and mine. This is all still from a quote from that article. Waitress Rachel, who starts the Sorry, is this of- still the song? No. <laughs> I was like, I don't remember this verse. <laughs> Gonna be this way, Rachel the waitress. <laughs> Wait, is this the extended cut? When did you go from theme song it's like the to full, article? The full far length. Cry, sorry. The full length of uh, Prince of Bel Air. You know? Yeah, like the full version. The full version. No one knows the second verse. Nah. I thought I thought I was singing the song, and then I was I not singing. No, no, you didn't change tone at all. And then I thought, <laughs> I'm not a fan, but this doesn't sound familiar. Mm. Y- your job's a joke. You broke your love life's DOA and song. Right, because okay. I was thinking DOA. There you go. Change of tone. Rachel, now he the waitress is a great character. Well, I got through a full sentence before that. No, but I, could, but I was, I was also confused. Yeah, what was great. the next sentence? Uh, a far cry from turning the world a far on. Far cry smile. from turning. <laughs> the world that could be, don't, but don't you think that could yes, be a lot? Yes, Dave. I'm, I was on your side until he said Rachel, the waitress. I was yeah, like, oh, hang that's on. That's when I twigged or as well. Or celebrating the happy days. I mean, they're they're quoting a couple of different, <laughs> couple of different sitcom <laughs> theme songs. <laughs> uh, so they're saying they're saying that the song is a little bit more gritty than Happy Days theme or whatever the song that. It's talking about turning the world on with a smile. Okay, cool. Uh, waitress Rachel, who starts the series off by walking away from a secure future with <laughs> orthodontist Barry, despairs early on. What if it all doesn't come together? Chandler's job is so boring, no one can even remember what it is. And the and most of Joey's income initially comes from being a subject in medical studies. Monica's <laughs> message to Rachel at the end of the pilot is, welcome to the real world. It sucks. You're going to love it. So apparently that's, that all sums up Gen X. Right. But I, I vaguely remember reading about the, their lifestyle is impossible. Is DOA. No, no the, the fact that they live in those those apartments in a great location in New York is impossible think, to pay for on their way. I think the for, Ra- for Rachel it might have been, but the um, Monica as a full-time chef, Chandler Bing as some sort of executive, mm. business executive, and Ross, Ross as a paleontologist at a museum. They, I believe, would have been fine. So I think I actually I vaguely, vaguely remember re- in my readings that that was talked about how they were almost subsidising the other three: Phoebe a masseuse, mm. Rachel a waitress, and Joey an out of work actor getting medical. Yeah, that medical. And there's like, like always long running jokes, or not really jokes, but it's like a subplot of Chandler, like um, lending Joey money or paying for things. Right. That's sort of how they Even when they no longer away. live together. Right. Mm. Do they explain how they all know each other? Yeah. Um, so Monica and... Uh, Ross are Ross siblings. Are siblings. <laughs> so they, they went met... to school with Rachel. So Rachel met... and Monica were friends. They met in the womb. In school. Uh, no. At, post <laughs> Out of the womb. room. They are different ages. <laughs> I knew that. Uh, <laughs> Just playing dumb for comedic effect. And then... It's, no, it's not fun when you explain that. So that's how those are connected. Chandler went to... That was high school as well, I think, or right. college. Okay. College Ch- with Ross. Chandler was college with Ross. Mm-hmm. So they all come out from Monica. Monica was, if they're all, it's very even, but if anyone was initially slightly more the star than anyone else, it was Monica and her role. Like everything kind of revolves around her to some extent. 
like it all sort of fans out, the group fans out from her. But, uh, and, and in those early episodes, she was the only one that had solo scenes or we, her friends outside of the group, we only met her co-workers and stuff like that mm. early on. But apparently like very soon after that, they made it all very even, even screen time and stuff like that. Or whatever. Who gives a fuck? All right. Um, you I do because you're giving this report. And I asked because I had no idea. Great. But, I, yeah, I'm, I can't remember about Phoebe. And... Me either. And Joey. I don't remember where they came from. Yeah. But hmm. the, I mean, Chandler and Joey are like best mates. Yes, but I don't, I don't know when, when they when met. That happened, yeah. Uh, by the end of the first season, even the theme song, I'll Be There For You by the Rembrandts, that we were talking about just before, became a hit. Hmm. Uh, this was... Not expected. It was never written to be a hit song. It was written specifically as the show's theme. So did and it go for a full? It went for less than a minute. <laughs> and and Kaufman and Crane are actually literally writers on the song. So I don't think they ever expected to write a hit song. Um, but when a radio DJ looped it to make it closer to the length of a normal single, it became so popular that they decided to add some verses and uh, release it as a single. When they did, it was a hit around the world, charting in the top 10 in countries like Australia, New Zealand, the UK, Ireland, Norway, and Belgium. Wow. And it topped the Canadian charts for five consecutive weeks. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, the cast were... Uh, moving on. <laughs> or do you have so, any... End, end quote on this. Yes. This is no longer the theme song. Do you have any... I am, I am jumping around a little bit. Do you have any questions about the song there, Dave? Um, no, no. They, they were a band for a little while before that, the Rembrandts, and they... I think it, it's one of those kind of cursed chalices. Mm. It would have made them a lot of money, but it's they went from playing little underground clubs apparently to playing huge shows. But only people want to hear that. Yeah, one people want to hear that song. That then yeah. So I don't know whether they'd take it back or not. It must be nice to live a comfortable life, but it must be a bit tedious that no one gives a shit about the music you want to make or whatever. Anyway, so talking about money, how how much do you reckon they were paid per episode? First season. First season? Yeah. Ten grand. Per yeah. episode. Per episode, yeah. I mean it's not that fascinating. It was twenty two grand twenty two and a half thousand dollars. Per episode. Per episode. It's pretty great, isn't it? Are you fucking joking? Yeah, it's amazing. I guess like it's almost like actors you make no money, but it's you're buying a lottery ticket every time you go to an audition. And you might just Oh, make if it you big. get picked up. Yeah. yeah, it's just like you Holy go Holy shit. Ninety eight percent of people on zero dollars a year. And yeah. other people's like, yeah. I made 400 grand last year. Yeah. And on a show that no one's even heard of yet. Yeah, that's right. It's so like, that, what? It could potentially not be seen, you know, not be a hit and you still get at least a really good year's wage. Um, so everyone was on the same wage in season one. Season two, uh, things changed a bit and different cast members started getting slightly different salaries. Really? Which yeah. makes no sense. I would be pissed off. Unless I was richer than everyone else. <laughs> mm. But then that, that would make you feel weird in different ways, right? Mm. I think it's just an uncomfortable sort of scenario. And they, they agreed. According to the article on Emmys.com, which um, a lot of the quotes from Little little Man and um, <laughs> uh, 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 Kaufman and, yeah. and Crane. Crane are from this article. Very interesting interview. Um so according to that article, it says, prior to negotiating for season three, the cast decided to negotiate collectively despite Warner Brothers' preference, who was obviously the studio, their preference for individual deals. Salaries were upped to $75,000 per episode in the third season, then 85000 for season four. By season five, they were taking 100000 
then 125. Fucking and kept stepping up. Um, uh, to return for season seven and eight, the six actors were uh, paid 750000 per show. I mean, it's the biggest show in the world. And then, and finally, um, the last two seasons, one million per episode. Yeah, I knew they were doing a million. I thought it was just the last season, but the last two. And they. Um, are we that's... talking about 20 in a season, is it? Ish. A... Yeah, is that right? For $20 million. And they um, what the fuck? And, and so they they all came together and negotiated as a as a group, basically a, a mini union. And yeah, they that's they, good. they threatened to walk off, and they obviously they got a super good deal because of that sort of stuff. Well, I think that's fair because, especially as you mentioned, like they get to a point where it's equal screen time, and they're an ensemble. Like there isn't a lead actor, and then like bit parts here and there. Where it makes sense, if somebody's working five days a week, twelve hour days, and somebody else is doing three days a week, short, you know, like that makes sense that they'd get paid differently. But these are all equals. Yeah. Why? How would you reason that they would get paid differently? And it just would, would just for camaraderie and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, as well. it'd be awful. According to Littlefield, uh, from day one, Marta and David, who was his Kaufman and Crane, put forth that this was truly an ensemble show. And very quickly, the actors said, we want to be treated all as equals. I think David Schwimmer knew exactly what would hold the cast together for many, many years to come. Everyone involved with Friends made a tremendous amount of money, but it was really the wisdom of Schwimmer who said, I don't want to come to work in an environment where someone is making more. This is all our show and we should all be treated the same. The series ran for 10 years and during the time... Okay, that was me... I thought I was on the same point, but I was changing point there. So I can understand why you guys are being confused as <laughs> I jump around. You heard it this time. Yeah, I did hear okay, it Okay, yeah, great. That should be a – I should really – normally my reports are it's one big flowing thing, but this is just jumping in and out of different things. Right. Mine are all dot points. Isn't that fun? Do you have fun your, we're reporting dot points? Yeah. Because we never look at each other's reports. Yeah. You don't write points. it out. Yeah, right. I do it with uh, paragraphs with headings on each sort yeah, of section nice. so yeah. I can look back through if I need to. That would have saved me in this case. Do you have any idea how much Crane and Kaufman mm. made from the show? No, like, I'm not sure, but it would be, I imagine, more. Do you reckon they're making even, as creators? even more like creators? And do they write a lot of the show as well? Uh, I don't think they were. Uh, I'm not sure but about that. But as creators, would they get cut of other things? Well, like merchandise? Yeah, maybe. Well, I, I imagine that every time it's syndicated, so for example, if yeah. it's on Netflix or something, a thing like that, and it keeps getting repeated, I think that's big money. Yeah. Whereas maybe the cast don't get... I think they'd get would some. Would they get a slice of that? Oof, yes. So all I need to do is land a TV show. In yes. America. And it has to be the... Biggest show of the generation. I don't think that's impossible. <laughs> Not too much to ask? No, I don't think that's too much to ask. Do you think I could ever get to a place? I was, you were the wrong person to ask. You're my biggest cheerleader. I was going to say, do you think I could get to a place where I could get paid a million dollars for an episode? Yeah. Yeah. See, I mean, I mean. No doubt about that. I'm surprised year of it's not, is it not happening already? Every year he says this is your year. Every, and every year. Every year it's been a better year than the last. Every year he says this is the year you get paid $1 million in one single week. God. I think I think Crane and Kaufman did also write for the show. Yeah, right. so quick, but that, that would make sense. Yeah. That's so that's their background. So we don't know how much, but it's safe to say they uh, got and they're producing shit ton of money. EP creators. Yeah. Like they. Yeah. Had a few different roles. A few different hats. A few different hats, yeah, because they had all that money. They could buy a few different hats. You can buy a fancy hat, no yeah. problem. Gold-plated right. hat. No one's going to ask you any questions when you walk around with a bit of a gold-plated hat. 
A fedor. Gold-plated fedor. Oh, it's going to be that for sure. All right, new point. The series ran for 10 years, and during the time, uh, many of the cast went through marriages and parenthood. Lisa Kudrow was the first to get pregnant, and they wrote this into the show in season four. Though Kudrow was unsure about Phoebe getting pregnant as well, the writers came up with a storyline where Phoebe would act as a surrogate for her brother's triplets. So she was genuinely pregnant then? She was genuinely. Oh, that's cool. Did she genuinely have triplets? No. No. Oh. She genuinely had a one son. A single. A single, yeah, <laughs> as we call them. A single. Uh, in the final season, though, when Courtney Cox was pregnant, it was not written into the show. And this was because in the show there had already been a storyline about how Chandler and Monica couldn't have kids. Mm. Instead, they used camera tricks, props, and costumes to hide the pregnancy. I love when they do that because it's so obvious, like yeah. really big bags. All of a sudden they're wearing very baggy clothing. I was watching... Uh, when I was watch, I, I had like Will and Grace on. I wasn't watching Will and Grace. I had the TV on, and Will and Grace was on. I just wanted to make that very clear. Right. <laughs> I don't know why. And what what room were you sitting in? I was in the Triple J Studio. I was trying to avoid saying that, and and I was on radio. <laughs> yeah, I knew that. I knew you just wanted to talk about. You're the bop. Matt, you mentioned it. We don't have to finish the story now. <laughs> <laughs> I had the TV on, and like no sound or anything. It's just like moving pictures. But Grace for the entire, like, five-minute scene, was sitting on the couch and had a blanket pulled up way too high, like, um, in a strange position and a cushion on her because she was reading a book. But, like, it it was so obvious. Why not just put her behind a bench? Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot of that. Put her in a cardboard box Behind a vase, yeah. Oh, we're moving (laughs) again. (laughs) In Brooklyn Nine-Nine, she just has this giant, one of the characters, the character is not pregnant, the actress is, and they she has this giant handbag that she sort of holds across her front in a very natural way that women hold handbags. <laughs> On I the X-Files, oh. they wrote in uh, Gillian Anderson. Mm. Well, uh, she was pregnant in real life, but Scully wasn't pregnant. So they uh, just made her get abducted by aliens and they were performing like weird things that looked like they were suctioning her large stomach, which is just a pregnant belly. But if for a non-pregnant woman, it looked weird. <laughs> <laughs> what are these aliens doing? Oh, weird. New thing. Friends is an interesting example of changing social standards. There were things in the show that caused a lot of controversy at the time that probably wouldn't now and vice versa. Um, I haven't gone into these heaps, but uh, one instance, uh, Kaufman remembered that there were groups that decided that things should not be represented on television. The two I remember specifically were 1996's The One with the Lesbian Wedding. Mm -hmm. So people didn't like that in the 90s, the lesbian, and you can't imagine that would cause a lot of controversy now. You'd hope not. Uh, And then there was one with condoms where there was one condom left and Monica and Rachel were fighting over oh, which yeah. one got it. Uh, we weren't even allowed to show the condom. It had to be in a box. And you'd think that would be, I think that wouldn't be an issue. Now. I think if you have a communal box of condoms with your housemate. You're yeah. in a party house. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah I mean, that's what I was getting to, yeah. I'll be like, good for you guys yeah, you for guys... pulling your money and buying a big box of yep. Diggers. Woo, high five. <laughs> Woohoo! Saving money, saving the environment, saving, saving sexual health. But I've only Very used important. four in this box and they're all empty. You've used eight. Mm. That's not fair. Yeah. Economically, it doesn't work out. It's yeah. silly. It tears people apart. Yeah. When sex is about bringing people together. <laughs>
I mean, he's right yeah, in so true. many ways, but also I hated that he said that. <laughs> so both those shows did go to air, though. So they did have a show called The One with the Lesbian Wedding. Or yeah. did they, did yeah. a group? Yeah, no, so that was aired, but they oh, copped right. a lot of flack I thought for they it. may have um, um, yeah. not been allowed to. No, but they were it just caused some issues. They weren't allowed to show the condom. That was true. They had to mm. show the Dingers. box. And um, <laughs> I think those things would be fine now, but in recent years the show, especially it feels like in, in the last six months especially, the show's been getting some retroactive controversy from yeah. the way they portray a range of issues. In recent times, I just I just went on a search trying to find articles about this and there mm-hmm. were so many. So just a few examples there's an article called Millennials Watching Friends on Netflix Shocked by Storylines. Mm. Um, Still Friends, The Trouble with Old Sitcoms. <laughs> and probably my favourite, Could Friends Be Any More Problematic? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and these articles talk about how friends included fatphobic, homophobic, sexist, transphobic jokes. Uh, also featured very few non-white characters, like very, very few, maybe mm. two across the ten years. Uh, there was also an English girlfriend. Whoa, diversity. Yeah, they talked about that a bit. They were that was yeah. They went over to England, mm. and that was sort of that was why that was storyline was written in as sort of a time because they were huge in England, so they wanted to go right. over. And apparently, Richard Branson and um, Fergie did cameos in it. And I think I read Kaufman saying that she kind of like looking back probably didn't need those sort of stunt. Yeah, I mean it's already huge. Yeah, so it's yeah an interesting one, but didn't necessarily need Richard Branson to be on there. Yeah, um, they really um they like the they joke hard about Ross's ex wife being a lesbian. Yeah, and it, that that's shameful to him. Right. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's really embarrassing for him. Or yeah, uh, and they're very uncomfortable around her relationship. And there's that weird. Weird um, storyline where um, their kid has a male nanny who was like yeah. Freddie Prince Jr. or something, and and Ross was just like, I don't understand. How can you be a man? <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, and he was really? like, he felt really uncomfortable about it. And yeah. everything they showed, like the the nanny was like super good with his kids, but he like in the end he said, I can't deal with it. You got to fire him. But. Is that maybe just a joke about how he's a weirdo? Like, it's, was that weird at the time? Like, even people were watching, like, who, or is it more to do with like that? wives being upset if the if the nanny was too good looking? Yeah, I don't know. Now, yeah, it just it just seems Which, it seems so bizarre. Yeah, bizarre. I saw it. I saw it a couple of years ago. I'm like, I, yeah, but it's hard when you're watching things out of context, right? To so, understand if it's the time or if that was they were, you know, what. The intention was even at the time. Yeah, some of them it's pretty clear. Like some of them are just clearly homophobic jokes. And Yeah. It's funny that at the time I reckon it was probably like kind of progressive because I also read recently that I hadn't really noticed at the time you just sort of let it wash over you, but all three female characters have kids but in uh, non-traditional ways. Right. So whether that's Phoebe is a surrogate, uh, Rachel's a single mum, and Monica can't have kids so adopts. So, like, people are kind of praising it that way for being quite progressive and, and showing, uh, representing that kind of, like, that's a bit diverse. But then you look at so many other things and you're like, no, you fucked up a lot too. Or, or I don't know, not fucked up, but it doesn't age that well now, I think. Yeah, it's tricky, like, how 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 should you judge something like that? Yeah. If you, yeah, if, I don't know, it's a, it's a, 
it's a tricky one. I'm not smart enough to have. Yeah, I can't quite figure it out. Dugan's probably not the place people come for such um, commentary. Yeah, Yeah, let's make more jokes about second position. (laughs) (laughs) Which is also a a ballet move. Yes. There's there's six positions. Uh, (laughs) Sex or ballet? Which one are you talking about? Sex. I only know of three positions sexually. And ballet. (laughs) Standing, sitting, lying. (laughs) (laughs) Is that right? Yes. That's three. And upside down. Oh, four. four. The, wow. The mythical fourth position. <laughs> yeah. But you have to go to space to do it. So it's very hard. It's expensive. It very is expensive. very hard. Whoa, so hard. <laughs> uh, as the show blew up, so did the fame of the cast and the producers of the show accommodated their desires to head to Hollywood with flexible shooting schedules. Uh, during the Friends run, for example, I'll, just, I'll list a few of the movies that the actors did. Lisa Kudrow was in movies like Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion. Fuck, it's good. Romy. It's Romy, isn't it? Romy. It's Romy. Which is a, a, a real, it's known as being a, a cracker of a movie. Cult classic. Uh, Analyze This, and she was also in Analyze That. Oh. Jennifer Aniston was in <laughs> She's the One, Office Space, which is another classic, and Bruce Almighty. Courtney Cox was in Scream, Scream 2, and Scream 3. Uh, Matthew Perry was in Fool's Rush In, Three to Tango, and The Whole Nine Yards. David Schwimmer was in Six Days and Seven Nights and Picking Up the Pieces. And Matt LeBlanc was in Lookin' Italian and Ed. And Ed is a movie where he played baseball with a chimp. And I cannot wait to do it on Primates. Mm. Anyway. Sounds like, did you list that in order of success just then? Uh, Sounded a little bit like it. And he played, he was in Ed. <laughs> yeah, he. Ta-da! <laughs> his movie career, I don't. Th- I think Ed was, you know, but was like a big vehicle for him. But uh, yeah, I, I even post Friends, I feel like he's just sort of stuck to more television stuff. Yeah, he's but still television working. is the new movies, oh. babies. Babies. <laughs> babies. Oh, <laughs> uh-huh. uh-huh, babies. Uh, Littlefield said our cast was in demand. As we watch their popularity soar. I haven't done an accent for them until now. Why now? Until halfway through that sentence. We knew they had choices. Oh, God. And the one thing the producers were great about was that there be enough time during hiatus. I'm so sorry, Mary. Where they could do films. No. There was flexibility in when we would start back up. What are you doing? That was great. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. Two different takes, but good. I loved it. God, you're good. Just didn't, just didn't realise I was doing very, very specific dialect. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. Midwest. Midwest. Midwest, Ohio, Mid- baby. Midwest. Mid, Midwest, yeah. Yeah, not low, low, medium. Yeah. Whatever the scale was before. It was a it high, was high, high week Midwest. High week. Uh, movie schedules weren't the only obstacle for the producers. A few seasons into the series, Matthew Perry started to battle with addiction to prescription drugs and alcohol. Mm. Littlefield remembered noticing that Perry had become almost frail and realizing that there was a problem, he approached Perry's management and the producers of the show and they acknowledged that there was a problem. In 1997, Perry went to rehab. He again went to rehab in 2001. And years later, when interviewed on the BBC, he said that, quote, I don't remember three years of it. I was a little out of it at the time, somewhere between season three and six. That sounds pretty out of it. You can't remember any of it. Yeah. But he did stress that he was never high at work, just painfully hungover. Oh, wow. Um, In some ways, it's worse for for your performance. Yeah. Arguably. So the season did very well. Rated high. The whole way through, very consistently rated high. But the final, the finale, 
rated its bloody socks off over 50 million viewers. Not as our Seinfeld, but, you know, whatever. Um, one of the main storylines that ran through the show was the relationship between Ross and Rachel. On again, off again, we were on a break, etc. In the pilot, Ross asks Rachel, can I ask you out sometime? And she says, okay, but it's not for a year and a half before they finally go out. Crane saw one... All right, this is as I've written it. Crane saw one one of the biggest challenges, and that's what threw me. Crane saw <laughs> he saw one one of the biggest, challenges, but then he saw one two. <laughs> Crane saw one of the biggest challenges for them was keeping the audience in- invested in the relationship. And when Friends finished up on May six two thousand four with the episode the last one, the Ross and Rachel arc came to a close with Ross confessing his love for Rachel, and they lived. Happily ever after, we assume. It was a, it was almost like a, the cliche thing. I think he had to apparently had to run to the airport to stop her. He was at the wrong airport. Mm. <laughs> what a bloody series of events. It's a real comedy of errors. In that episode, Monica and Chandler um, and their adopted twins moved to the suburbs as well. So mm-hmm. there's a couple of big things there. I think Phoebe and Joey were also in the episode. Um <laughs> <laughs> they didn't end up together. No, oh. no, they did. They talked about they're like we we couldn't do that. That would be too like neat. Yeah, Littlefield Littlefeld was no longer <laughs> at the network by this time. But his fantasy, he said, was that Chandler and Joey having <gasps> a spinoff together. Um, but that wouldn't have made a lot of sense with Chandler and Monica having moved to the suburbs, started a family. Instead, NBC made Joey a spinoff series focusing on Matt LeBlanc's. Joey character. Oh. The titular Joey. The series took over the time slot from Friends but failed to gain a big enough audience and was cancelled during the second season. Crane and LeBlanc. Oh, my God. Talking has been so difficult today. (laughs) You're nearly there, mate. Crane and LeBlanc. (laughs) Blanc. LeBlanc. LeBlanc. Crane had a LeBlanc in second position. Crane and LeBlanc in second position later teamed up again in 2011 for a new comedy series called Episodes. Mm Mm-hmm. Heard about this? Yes. Yeah, it's good. Uh, this series found more success and it aired five seasons. In it, LeBlanc plays a version of himself, which scored him the 2012 Golden Globe Award for Best Actor in a Television Series, Comedy or Musical. Do you know that? That's cool. And he was sort of critically acclaimed, but I didn't know that how Did he, but he, he won awards for playing he, himself. Yeah, I, I didn't realise that either. I've seen some of it and I think it's pretty good from what I've seen. What a rave review. <laughs> I've seen some of it, and it's all right. I think. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, there is often discussion. I it's no Ed, I assume. <laughs> I can only assume that is. Oh, no, I think Which one was, was, uh, was up for Razzie's, Ed? So he's won awards at either end of the spectrum. Um, there is often discussion about uh, some sort of reunion, but it doesn't sound like it will ever happen. According to Kaufman, one of the reasons there would never be a reunion is because the show was about that time in your life when your friends are your family. Stop pitching it to me, Kaufman. No, you got the it. you got the pilot up already. You got it. Yeah, now by this stage, like all their kids would be grown up and yeah, just they don't like... see each other anymore. No, no how old would their kids be? Oh, they, I so saw that mid high school, wouldn't they? It depends on the kid. I saw that on um on social media recently it was like ben would be this age the twins would be this age right well the twins were right at the end right when did i say the season finished but ross already had a kid i think oh yeah ben that was ben right yeah oh i saw a great i was watching a few there was a little um a special film with conan o'brien asking him questions on set Mm. and they were throwing like um um 
what do you call things that go wrong on a thing? Bloopers. Bloopers. Thank you. Wow. And one of that them was, was a blooper. And they had Ben. There was this one scene where um, Ross was determined to hear Ben's first word. Mm. So he's going to him. Ben, say data. I'm going to tell your mum you said it either way, so you may as well just say it. Say data. And he's meant to not say anything. Mm. And he kept going, dada. <laughs> the baby. The baby. The actor. <laughs> kept fucking him up. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> Which is, uh, and and, and he's, he's saying to Rachel and Jennifer Aniston every time, he's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. David Twi- melting David, into herself. David Twin was just cracking the shit. <laughs> Shut up. You're ruining my scene. <laughs> I'm David Twimmer. <laughs> I've done it mid mid uh, quote again. So she said, one of the reasons why we'll never be a reunion is because the show was about that time in your life when your friends mm. are your family. And once you have your own family, it changes. Once Rachel had a baby and Monica and Chandler had their babies, life changes and the show is no longer the show. Wow. It's big. It's deep. I love it. It's beautiful. Uh, Courtney Cox has said that she had enough trouble trying to bring all six friends together for a reunion dinner, let alone getting them together to do any sort of reunion show. Though late-night talk show host Jimmy Kimmel had a mini-friends reunion with Anison Kudrow and Cox reprising their characters for a sketch. <gasps> fun. Didn't say it, but I imagine it would have been a lot of fun. Dave, disagree? No, no, no. That silence is 100% yes. Wow. It's bad radio. Yeah, that is not great for us. Give us a little friction. Yeah. Give us a little bit a of nod. light and shade. Oh, I hate Kimmel. That guy is a prick. Wow. Is that, is that good enough? Yes. <laughs> don't don't believe that at all. But well, I am more of a Fallon kind of guy. You're a Fallon guy. Yeah, I think so. Huh. I don't care. <laughs> uh, neither do I, to be honest. I don't care either way. But if I had to pick one, Jay Leno, baby. Really? No, he's probably my least favourite. <laughs> Wow, this is a... I cannot get a read on him. <laughs> Show, let us in, Dave. Yeah, Dave. I love late night. <laughs> and the, but as soon as you go, really? He goes, no. No. No, they're stupid. What do you think? Yeah, me too. He used to like James Corden, but now he seems pretty freaking annoying. He is annoying. Who do you like? I don't like any of them. I was, I was like Letterman growing up. Yeah, you're big into Letterman, aren't you? Yeah. Craig Ferguson, I thought it was yeah, great. he's all right. But he's, they're both done now. I think the current one's probably... Colbert? Yeah, I liked him more as a character. Yeah, same. Conan, probably. Mm. Yeah, I like Conan. He seems like a cool guy. Mm. But uh, I thought all those shows I, I are a bit boring it. now, maybe. Yeah, I never and their it. interviews are no Just good. Just stop the monologue. It's, yeah, the, that's so bad. Monologues are dead. Topical humour is just so boring. Mm. Did you see this in the news? you see this? No. <laughs> and I work in the news. That, Craig Ferguson's monologues were great fun because he sort of he fucked with them a little bit. He went right up and did it. Down yeah, the barrel. That's true. That was funny. He actually, sh- he, I'm talking to him. He actually <laughs> would shake the camera. Can you believe it? What? <laughs> what? The crew must have hated him. <laughs> I went to a taping and he, and he sort of, he fucked with it all. Like he, he, they shot the first two things out of sequence. So he'd, he'd plant a callback. He'd do a, something that we knew was going to be coming up. He'd call forward to it. Or something like that. It was real fun anyway. Wow. <laughs> what a story. Will you be telling that on uh, your late night appearance? Matt, that was so great. Thank you for being so brave and vulnerable in the space. I just want to be present. Yeah. And you are. And we are. Does anyone want to help me edit this episode? God, no. You know oh. when I listed topical humour as my favourite? <laughs> that kind of humour is way better. Get on with the report. 
There was there was also a near full cast reunion when all but Matthew Perry appeared on a televised tribute to James Burroughs, the man who took him to Vegas. Um, Perry couldn't be there because of an acting commitment. In the lead up to Bullshit. <laughs> Fortune.com went through some of the show's achievements, including in the 10... We're very close to him, by the way. In the 10 seasons in which Friends aired, it consistently ranked in the top 10 of the final season ratings, even in its first season. Its popularity never waned right up to the final episode, which mm. pulled in an astronomical 52.5 million viewers. Astronomical is such a good word. In syndication, <laughs> Friends continues to attract the same huge audiences that it did when it was hot off the presses. According to USA Today, Warner Brothers earns $1 billion annually in syndication revenue. Wow. $1 billion. So they're all still getting paid heaps. When the cast rene- <laughs> renegotiated their deals... Jess has done a little bit of a Dr. Evil there. Yeah. Oh, I missed it all. When the cast renegotiated their deals as a team, Fortune.com says they received 2% of the show's syndication income. So every member of the core cast makes approximately $20 million a year ongoing. What the actual? You'd never need to work again. Why the fuck are they in movies? Well, they're not really. Jennifer Aniston's done quite a bit. Yeah, because she just loves loves working. Courtney Cox can fuck off. Cougar Town. Fuck off, Cougar Town. Whoa, yeah. Whoa, we're no taking good. out the big greats here. The What's monologue. Matthew Perry Cougar done lately? Town. He was in uh, and the, Schwimmer, the rebooted um, Odd Couple. All of you, fuck Schwimmer off. Schwimmer played on your Kardashian's yachts. dad. He was also Merman on that um, Madagascar series. Oh yeah, that's true. The gir- the Merman. giraffe is that? I think that's his name. No, it's not. He was also he was on a he played. Um, uh, someone in a podcast serial I listened to. Okay, so, big bucks. So he's but doing like really well. Thing. No, it was like it was like a big budget podcast. A big budget podcast. <laughs> it was a budget podcast. What it are we? A, we're a budget podcast. That's sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, There's two types of budgets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I heard the tone difference. Yeah, the whole episode felt like a bit of a a, a fact, fun fact episode rather than much of a story, right? But, but you have fun But facts. I do have some fun <sighs> facts. Potentially I will decide. Fun, you will decide. Here they are. The list of guest stars is pretty epic and includes. This is on Friends. Brad Pitt. Yes. All right, can you name any others? Uh, Magnum P.I. Yes. Tom Gre- Selleck. Greg Kinnear. He, I don't have him on there, but he's don't definitely in it. don't have him on there, but, yep. Um... All right, listen. Julia on. Roberts, George Clooney, Robin Williams, Charlton Heston, Sean Penn. Holy shit. And Bruce Willis. I don't remember. I remember Bruce Willis was dating yeah, Rachel, Rachel, right? Yeah. But I don't remember Julia Roberts. Hmm. That's cool. I love Julia Roberts. Uh, one star who asked me on the show but was knockbacked. Was Juzzy T Justin Timberlake? He asked. He asked. According to Crane, we had a meeting with him and he was lovely, but we didn't have a good part for him. Kaufman said, "My kids were furious. They wanted to kill me." That feels weird. You feel like you. They they found they found a part for Fergie. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Timberlake can actually act. He's an. Elle McPherson was in it. Yeah, she was no good. You can find a role for most of those cameos. Were bad, right? Like Bruce Willis was not good in Friends. Oh right. Um, Tom Selleck was okay. He was a recurring character, though. Have you seen Bruce Willis in the movie Die Hard? Because he's very good in that, that Christmas film. Yes, yes, so I have. good in that Christmas film. Yeah, I but love how Brad the sleigh Pitt, bells are jing jing jingling. Brad Pitt is terrible in Friends. He really? sucks so bad. He's a good actor. Have you ever seen him in the movie Die Hard? 
diehard. He oh, saves the motherfucking day. Oh, does he? Brad Pitt. Bloody hell. Yeah. Very versatile. Hmm. Anyway, my point is we all make mistakes. <laughs> yeah, by saying no to Justin Timberlake. Correct. Which we'll never do as a podcast. God, no. When he inevitably comes a knock, knock, knocking on our Lesson door. Lesson learned. We'll find a place for him. Well, so Speaking you, you of can do knock, a report. knock, knocking on doors, <gasps> at the beginning of this year, Leonard Monica's Cohen? doors had the number five on it. The oh. producers later realized that it didn't make sense as Monica lived on a higher floor. They changed her apartment number to 20. The number on Chandler's apartment also changed from four to 19. God, that was fun. It's weird that they... Wow. It's... Matt, it's weirder. People at home are going to notice more. They changed the numbers? But the house... The, yeah, that's But the apartment crazy. stayed the same. The apartment stayed the same? Wow. Yes. That's, that brings up way more questions for people at home. Yeah. Than not changing it. But also, how could the people at home know what level they were They were up some stairs, but they could still have been number four. Or five. That's fine. I reckon they had a board meeting about this. Yeah, that's fucked. But thank you so much for that incredibly fun fact. Oh, thank you. I'm going to choose to take that sincerely. (laughs) You're two from two here. (laughs) Not long before. This is the final one. Not long before Bruce Willis did a stint on Friends, as we just mentioned. Mm. He made the whole nine yards with Matthew Perry. During the shoot, Perry bet with Willis that the film would be number one in the box office on the opening weekend. It was number one on the opening weekend. Perry won the bet, meaning that Willis had to donate his fee for appearing on Friends to Charity. <laughs> Why would you bet against your film doing well? I just, I just sounds like Bruce Willis is a fucking badass. That's why. I think this film sucks. <laughs> yeah, that's what, I'm pict- <laughs> that's what I'm picturing him. He's, he's in his trailer going, this is a piece of shit. <laughs> Matthew Perry's like, man, you're in it, I'm in it. It's going to be number one. I bet you. I bet you. And he's like, all right. <laughs> Whatever. That's amazing. Just money. <laughs> he thought it was gonna suck. Oh, that's fun. Jess, do you think? Sure. Great. Not as fun as the one where they changed the yeah. numbers because of a layout. Error. Oh, wacky. That is, yeah. That's what I, was, I should have probably called it. A wacky, wacky fact. Wacky fact. Love it. You can get wacky fact. <laughs> <laughs> what? Sorry. <laughs> hmm, that was great. Is that the end of your report, Matt? That is that was yeah. great stuff. Great stuff. I got to say. Oh wait, say. no, no, sorry. We should applaud him in an appropriate manner. <laughs> <laughs> For those who don't know, uh, that's that's the, they clap in the theme song. Imagine if yeah, if you, you would have listened far. this far if you didn't. No, I. So no one told you life was gonna be this way. Now I, <laughs> you say people that might not be fans, not a huge fan, didn't know too much about it, still really enjoyed that. So oh, thank thanks, you. thanks, That's very nice. Yeah, well done. And great. I'd like to also thank the man who shall not be named that, that uh, suggested this topic, who has been struck from the internet record. Yes. Will Barron. Maybe that's what the Baron is. He's, ba- he's, he's living on Barron soil. Soil, <laughs> yes. That's what that is. <laughs> <laughs> His will is Barron because... He's not left anything to anyone. <laughs> because he doesn't exist. He doesn't exist. Ah, He's got no possessions. Wow. Do you think? Love it. I love it so much. Hey, you know what we normally do? Jeez, I feel like I'm carrying you guys tonight. You know what we normally do to finish off <laughs> the show? It's our fun new segment called Fact, Quote, or Question. Oh, okay, That's... now we're making jingles. Okay. And it comes from someone. <laughs> it comes from uh, one of our Patreon supporters. If you want to give back to the show, if you uh, want, want, just want to keep us going and uh, you listen every week, you can go to patreon.com slash do go on pod. Check out all the rewards you can get in exchange, including shout outs, 
Uh, you get to vote for the topics that we uh, actually get to shape the show. And you, you also can get two bonus episodes per month. And as Matt is about to say, if you're at the Sydney Scheinberg level, we'll read out a fact quote or question of your choosing. And this week, our fact quote or questioner is Kevin Ulysses Packrad. What a name, Kevin Ulysses Packrad. And you also get to give yourself a title. And Kevin has given himself the title of Junior Vice President of Cannelloni Production. <laughs> I love Cannelloni. Love it. I think it. it maybe was, yeah, I'm guessing that was for your benefit. I mean, it, it goes down my weird esophagus quite nicely. <laughs> and... <Ooh>. Jess, <laughs> I live with this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. <laughs> your condition sickens me. <laughs> sorry, Dave. Again, thank you for being brave and vulnerable in the space. Thank you so much. And uh, thanks for cooking uh, or cannelloni or overseeing production of cannelloni, mm. Kevin Ulysses. Uh, and Kevin has chosen to give us a fact. Oh. And here it is. It's a paragraph here. James Joyce's Ulysses oh. is one of the hardest books to read in the English language. Though it has a huge cult following and people every year dress up as the characters and read from the book on the day June 16th, which is the day the book takes place and also called Bloomsday, after the main character, <laughs> Leopoldo Bloom. But why June 19th? Joyce's... Did you not just say June 16th? <laughs> <laughs> you have sold me a puppy, Kevin. <laughs> but why June 19th? <laughs> it's not. Or it is. Right. Whichever date it is, Kevin, you <laughs> son of a gun. I've got to say, we don't fact check our fact quota question. I have we, not read we, this yet. I wanted to learn with everyone. Okay. <laughs> Joyce chose this day since it was the day he had his first date with his future wife, Nora Barnacle. I'm starting to wonder, is this a real fact, Kevin? <laughs> I've definitely, it's, Nora it take, Barnacle? That does sound familiar, but it does take place on Bloomsday. I've heard that. Bloomsday. <laughs> Uh, the two- June something or other, <laughs> either the 16th or the 19th, whichever one you can make, love. You can't come on the 16th, <laughs> all right, we'll do on the 19th, all right. <laughs> but why the 19th? <laughs> well. <laughs> Is there more, man? The two actually had a pretty avid affair, showing so much affection in the letters they sent to each other. Ooh. From one of the letters, Joyce wrote, which sold for millions of dollars at an auction. He says, the two parts of your body which do dirty things are the loveliest to me. Oh, let's list our guesses at what they are. Which do dirty things? Which do dirty things. Well, like poop. So your butt. It's one of... It's One's got to be your butt, but what's the other one that Vomiting does dirty your things in your mouth? <laughs> yeah, thank you, yes. Oh, he's a butt and mouth guy. <laughs> <laughs> or a mouth and butt yeah, guy. Well, you know, we've all got our top. <laughs> he's a butt and mouth guy. Dave's a bloody... I'm an esophagus guy. Esophagus guy. <laughs> <laughs> that is Hot. this week's fact quote or question thank, thank you kevin thank ulysses packrat that we've all learned a lot about james right. dirty boy joyce but imagine like the modern equivalent of like text messages between justin bieber and his uh, fiance oh, selling, selling for, for millions. millions i love that as an idea yeah that's crazy wonder what his favorite dirty places are <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
and then we also like to thank some Patreon supporters. Uh, normally, Jess comes up with some sort of a game for us to. Yes, I was. I thought of this early. Great. And I was like, oh, I've got it. Uh, and I think it's quite clear. All we need to do is give them the title of the sitcom they're in, preferably one word, a one-word sitcom oh, okay. title. Okay, I like great. it. I like, I like a lot. that a lot. Do you like the one word option or do you want to open it up? A no, bit? I like one word. One word. One word sitcom. Yeah. There's also six of these people. <gasps> so are you thinking maybe, oh, fuck, are you thinking give them a, a character? Could. Oh, that's good too. I hate to be upstaged, but that is good too. But we don't know them. That's true. But we know their names. That's true. Wow. Okay, so maybe if this is the six, the characters in Friends, based on their name, we give them a profession and a a character trait. God, it's fun, isn't it? That's fun. Well, so which, what do we do? All three. Okay, great. <laughs> well, so we get to tell them which of the six they are, yep. a, a profession, yep. a character trait, and the name of their sitcom. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Maybe one, one of the options. What do you got, Davey boy? I would like to uh, kick off by thanking all the way from Blackman's Bay down in beautiful Tasmania. Well, Matt will be gigging in the month of August. Yes. What day did you say I'll be there? On the Wednesday before? 22nd. 20th. The 22nd Second, of August, you'll right. be in uh, Tasmania. Jokers. Don't have a map in front of me, so I'm not sure how close Blackman's Bay is, but worth the drive, I would say. I would like to thank Zach Llewellyn. Oh, that's good. Zach Llewellyn. Zach, Zach Llewellyn. Zach with a C-H-E. I think, I think, I'm hoping that's not Zach. Or Zaysh. Um, I think. Zaysh. You know how you have like home and away or neighbours? Yeah, what do you got? I think. I was going to say it was Blackman's Bay. What about. Beach. Love it. Beach. Great. And he is Phoebe. Mm-hmm. He's such a Phoebe, the Phoebe of the show. Yep. Thank you, Zach, star of Beach. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> I'd also like to thank from Royal Oaks in Michigan, in the United States of America. Michigan. A brilliant three, uh, three-word name. Okay. A strong American name. John Cole Wilkinson. Oof, that is strong. John Cole Wilkinson. John Cole Wilkinson. Joey. Yeah, he's definitely a Joey. Oh, he's a Joey. And his sitcom that he's a star of? Plain. Love it. <laughs> Spelt. N-E. It's not cruel. Uh, it's not about his looks. It's not like, ooh, uh, he's a bit vanilla. Not, not on like a plane, like a... No, he's... He, he... And the theme song's on, on a plane by Nirvana. Yes. Yes. Or Learn to Fly. Foo Fighters. That's the the credits. See? Yeah, great. Old Dave Grohl versus new, new Dave Grohl. And it's all about a journey. God, we are just sitcom making machines. Thank you, uh, John Cole Wilkinson, the Joey of Plane. JCW. I'd love to thank from Medford in OR, which is... Oregon. Oregon. Uh, I'd love to thank Connor Smith. Connor Smith. I reckon Connor might be our number one supporter name on Patreon. Yeah, true. We've got a lot of Connors. Love them. Keep them coming, Connor. Uh, Connors. I think Connor's clearly the Rachel. Yeah, Rachel. I'm getting Rachel vibes as well. I totally am. What is Connor's show? Wall. (gasps) Wall. Wall. Oh, that is beautiful. Yes. And it takes place in a wall? Inside a wall, yes. Wow. Right, are they hiding out from something? or? Oh, I won't give too much away. Okay. Of course. But it what, is. What's your elevator pitch? It is masterful. Yeah, elevator pitch? It's masterful. Great. Yeah. I'll, no, my elevator pitch <laughs> is I can't give too much away. Oh, wow. I'm going to green light that. Thank you for the <laughs> Just to see dollars. what it is. 
TV exec. And I'd also love to thank from California in... California. <laughs> from Yellowknife in Canada, Mr. Cole Bouchard. Oh, Cole Bouchard. Jeannie. I be Bouchard. Jeannie, like you, Jeannie Bouchard? Correct. Oh, that's good. Jeannie. But it's also a reboot of... I Dream of Jeannie? No. My Life as a Genie. Oh, <laughs> Which my... was a spin-off of I Dream of Genie. And Cole's, of course. Yeah, say it with me, Jess. Ross. Ross. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry to say it. Say it with We're all Rosses, Cole. We're all Rosses. <laughs> I, like, I, I like some parts about Ross. He's fine. Yeah. Can I thank someone? Schwimmer. Is that a yes? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. don't you? I don't think you speak. Do you do, don't speak schwimmer? I don't speak schwimmer. Oh, well, it's it's very easy. It's uh, you say schwimmer. Uh-huh. It's much like Groot. I am Groot. Schwimmer. Right. I mean, you just look in my eyes and you know what I mean. Schwimmer. It's all about time. I, you nodded, so I'm going to say it's yes. Schwimmer. Great. I would like to thank from my favorite place in the world. <gasps> my house. No. <laughs> You never invite me over. Your house is a dream. After the incident, um, I broke Weed. everything. Weed on the Heat rug. On the car. <laughs> what did you say? Weed Same on the thing. rug. <laughs> it means it's true. Yeah, it's that's sad right. that that's believable. I've no, heard, I've heard the rumors. Island, thank you. Ronan Michael Dermot O'Neill. What? What? That is a dream name. Dream name. James Joyce couldn't think of that. Couldn't do it. And obviously, Jess, again, let's go together. Monica. Monica. And the show. I really would, gave a big lead into that. The one. show would be called Together Now. Okay. Um, hey, babe. <laughs> what did you say? Hey, babe. Hey, bale. Hey, bale. One word? Yeah, hyphen. Hey, All right. bale. Wait, it's one more time. Emerald. <laughs> Emerald. Oh, I thought you were saying airport and you were saying burrito. Airport burrito. I didn't understand the game. (laughs) That's a a good title for a show. I'd watch airport burrito. I know you would. A lot of people are going to get sick. You basic bitch. I'd get that to a marketing. (laughs) Yeah, you got me hooked. (laughs) Thank you so much, Ronan slash Monica. And I would also like to thank from Bloomington in Diana. Jacob Alden Miller, another oh. good strong I l- name. I love they're giving us their full names. I love it's not it. just first and surname. Somehow on my Uber Eats account, it's now Jessica Ann instead of just Jess. So all my orders come as Jessica Ann, and I hate it. Anyway, has you your nickname ever been Jap? No, because that is the inspector's name on Poirot. Poirot, that's correct. Inspector Jap. Jap. Oh, mm. and also has a. Offensive connotations. Yeah, so that's why I probably wouldn't call don't. it. <laughs> uh, yeah. But Jacob's a jam. He's our jam. He's jam. A jam. So the show's called Jam. And could he be any more Chandler? Yes. I've, okay, you've made that reference many times without me getting get it. it. It's just something Chandler says. Like he's. he's could I be any more Chandler? It was, I, yeah, but no. Could but you it'd be, be about different more? things. Could you be any more? Is this oh, one of weird? Just his tone. His, 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 Trademark was, could I be any more Chandler? Yeah. And that would make me hate him. Wow. Okay. I think I, Ross is the number one character. He's the number one banana. He's certainly got, yeah, he's definitely the most you. Thank, which is, I love me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Ross, which is wow me. Yes. Yep. No, we got it. 
Big time. <laughs> also, Jam is a good title for a sitcom because it's J dot A dot M. Am I right? No. It's Jam. Oh. One word. And he works in a jam factory. <gasps> like a like in Melbourne, the cinemas? Oh, yes. <laughs> it's very exciting. Yeah. Great twist. Yeah. <laughs> we all thought he was just putting lids on jars. <laughs> Turns no, no. out he works at the movies. <laughs> He's ripping ticket stubs. Oh, yeah. I got dizzy when I made that noise. It was wow. a beautiful noise. <laughs> I didn't like it. Thank you so much for everything you've done. And thanks, and- everyone, for joining us here today on the show. And as we always say, Dave. Give us a review because <laughs> we're worth it to you. <laughs> I actually, because uh, we're on um, a new thing for like six months. Mm. Omni, and they they list the. There's an easy way for us to see reviews from around the world, and I was reading a few the other day when I didn't even realize I needed it, but it made me feel so much better. There were so so many lovely reviews for a long time on this through iTunes. We can whatever country, and you can only see the reviews, so we could only see the Australian reviews. Mm. But we have found a way, as Matt said, to see all the international ones. So if you are anywhere around the world, you want to make us feel good, go on to iTunes. Give us a nice review and uh, fill out the box and write something cool. But if you're some kind of sick fuck who thinks, I want to hurt these people, just don't listen. That does enough. You know, don't feel the need to be like, oh, she's an idiot. I know. <laughs> I don't need reminding, I must say, Dad. I must say the hate is so little. It is. It's, and I'm it very is small, small-minded. Yeah, small-minded people, huh? <laughs> no, people write so such lovely things, and it really is nice to read, isn't it, Matt? But yeah. if you're gonna write bad, <laughs> you can fuck off. As we always say, thank, thank you. Thank you so much for everyone who has um, written a, a beautiful five-star review in the past. We really do appreciate that. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at DoGoOnPod. Also, our website is DoGoOnPod.com. Our YouTube is youtube.com slash do go on pod. Uh, it'd be great for you to subscribe there. I'm, I was up to date. Now I've slipped a couple episodes behind, but I'm going to get back up to date there soon. And I'll probably think I'll be releasing another um, one of our filmed live episodes soon. From the Melbourne Comedy Festival earlier this year. Our yeah. Patreons have had it for quite a few months. but I, You I think... can see how beautiful we are. Yeah, I really, I really came out all right. Get lost in our eyes. In our ass. Yeah, get lost in our eyes. <laughs> yeah, get lost in second position. <laughs> I've lost it. All right, team. Until next week, we will say thank you for listening and I will say goodbye. Later. Bye. podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Do you want to have a go being the last one to say bye for once? I'm sorry. Bye. Nice. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.